Missionary Jesse Stewart shares with us an important distinction between faith and hope that is often overlooked by Americans. Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast of the True Church of Olathe, Kansas. Now here is the guest host for today's podcast. Hello, welcome back to Face the Truth podcast. I'm Jared Hilton, and this week we're going to continue our conversation with missionary Jesse Stewart. The Truth Church has concluded our eighth week of revival, and we're not done yet. We invite you to come and discover for yourself the difference of this Pentecostal experience. Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, declared that the experience that Jerusalem was witnessing at that very moment was the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy by the prophet Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 29 states, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. The prophet, more than 400 years earlier, prophesied of a time that would come where the entire format of salvation would change. Men would no longer be required to make animal sacrifices on a brazen altar, as was the Old Testament's annual prescription for sin. But one man, and not just any man, But the man Christ Jesus, our high priest, who was the image of the invisible, eternal God, that man would come down, commit no sin, but perform the required sacrifice himself for our sins once and for all. Apostle Paul said it this way, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I have to point your attention to the fact that the apostle did not state that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto themselves, which he should have said if there were more than one person in the Godhead. However, he clearly stated God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. If you have questions about that, I would encourage you to contact us on our website or directly at info It was through this act of self-sacrifice that God himself reconciled the sins of the entire world and changed the method of salvation from ritualistic sacrifice to a personal relationship. On the day of Pentecost, those who witnessed the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, the outpouring of the Spirit of God, were convicted by the message from Peter and asked what to do. Peter's response was clear and complete. Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise of the outpouring of God's Spirit continues down through every generation, 
and we are experiencing it at the Truth Church in a very real way. I have experienced what they experienced in the book of Acts myself. And if you have never had that Pentecostal experience, you owe it to yourself to come give it a try. Brother Stewart and I discuss in this episode the impact that same experience is having on men who are previously stuck in their traditional ways. When Bishop Riggin preached to them the word of truth, then the spirit of truth was revealed to them. John 14 and 17 tells us, Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. The spirit of truth is revealed to them that truly get a revelation of who Jesus is. In obedience to the word of truth, those men in Africa made necessary changes and continue to make other necessary changes as the spirit of truth guides them. John 16 and 13 tells us, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Consequently, Face the Truth will be privileged with the opportunity to interview some of these precious men who have remained faithful to the word of truth, and we'll find out more about them in the upcoming episodes. Today, however, let's resume our conversation with missionary Jesse Stewart. One thing I notice about folks in Africa is their, to me, and I may have misinterpreted it, but a, a heightened sense of faith. And a few examples, one time was visiting Bishop Ashton in Nairobi, Kenya with, uh, with pastor. And right before my eyes, you know, we were praying and, and several miracles, notable miracles, man with a broken foot healed right there on the spot. As several other ladies, there was a lady uh, on the other side of the, the sanctuary. I couldn't really tell what her issue was, but she testified of a miracle. It's not that I don't see miracles here in America, but not as readily as I witnessed there in that service. And then even traveling with pastor in Africa when uh, during those doctrinal conferences, when he stands up and preaches and teaches truth, they latch on to that with a faith that I can't really find here in America. And oftentimes that that's a trap for them because there are there are men, other men that come in and teach false doctrine and they respond similarly and they latch onto it and it leads them down a path of false doctrine and, and other things. So in some ways can be a detriment, but but if the truth is there, then can be a, a beneficial characteristic. So I'm wondering if, if you notice that or anything else similar to that as you work with these people on a closer on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so what you what you kind of picked up on there is is what I've what I've referred to as the dichotomy of the dejected. And that's dealing with people who have little to no hope. And in America, I think what we either consciously or or subconsciously recognize is the the ready access to a plan B if things don't go right. 
there, they don't, they don't have a plan B with, with, let's say, the pandemic. It's either trust God to heal them or die. There's no, well, you know, maybe we'll go get the vaccine or maybe we'll go down and see the physicians. And if it gets really bad, there's always the ventilators. Those options aren't there. I know one particular situation where someone got COVID there and the doctor sent them home with some vitamin C. You know, it's just there, there is no plan B it's God or it's nothing. So in, in regards to the faith, I think that's what you see is, I don't know if this would be an appropriate way to, to say that, but I think, I think sometimes as, as Americans, we spread our faith out like we would investments. Mm. And, and I've got a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there and a little bit there. And if this one over here fell through, I've still got a good faith portfolio. <laughs> um, that, that to me, I mean, you can continue, but that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so there, it's chips all in on. Uh, forgive the gambling yeah. reference there, but it's it's everything in on one moment, one thing. And so, I think I think in regards to faith, that's that's what you see. But what you what you struggle with with them is 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 the difference between faith and hope you know faith is right now hope is tomorrow and the next day and the next day and when you're dealing with people who who certainly run the risk of tomorrow may not come i mean they face death on a regular basis they face letdown seemingly every day and so you're you're going to see them make decisions that you and I would question because they're not thinking about tomorrow or, or the next day, but they don't have any hope of tomorrow. And so trying to trying to take what you see in that realm of faith and not tarnish that, but also help them see the importance of putting hope in tomorrow, you know, putting hope beyond where we're at right now and, and getting them to change some behaviors that, that, that really affect them negatively when they can't see it tomorrow. A book that I had recently read is Man's Search for Meaning. It's a psychologist that was put in Auschwitz and he was studying what it took to get someone through the camp. What was the difference between the man who made it and the man that didn't? And he said, if I could just get people to see meaning outside of their current situation, then I could help them get through it, even something as 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 terrible as Auschwitz. And so that's what that's what you see with people with no hope is they make irrational um, decisions today. One man I hired to do some plumbing in Africa, he did it wrong and I asked him to come back and fix it. And so when he came back to fix it, he wanted money for new materials and he also wanted money to 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 fix his mistake. And I needed some more plumbing work done. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm not going to pay you to fix your mistake. I have some more work that needs to be done. You can make the decision. And I really, I really wanted to, to, to learn something in this moment myself, not just get the plumbing fixed. But I said, I'll give you the $20 to fix your problem today. And you can leave after you're finished and never come back and do any work for me. Or you can fix your mistake, 
I'll have you come back tomorrow and quote the rest of what I need done. And we're talking several hundred dollars worth of work that needed to be done. And I said, you make the decision. So he went out, fixed the problem that he had created, come back. And I said, all right, do you want the $20 for today or do you want to come back and quote the several hundred dollars worth of work tomorrow? He said, I want the $20 today. Oh, my goodness. And so to us, that's our response. Why would they think that way? Why would it, because they don't have any hope. So, so that's what you, you deal with a lot there is, is um, they've been taken advantage of by political leaders, by religious leaders, by, by others. And so when you tell them you can come up and have a healing right now, they can latch onto that faith. But the hope is where they struggle. That's why you see the influence of religious leaders and um, especially especially doctrines on giving and tithing. And and they're willing to just do whatever that man says, because maybe today he's right. Well, we're nearing the end of the time. And so I want to give you an opportunity to share what's currently going on down there in, in Africa. Sure. So still a lot of. Uh, pandemic problems going on there that are now starting to surface in some in some pretty unsavory ways. You, you, you're dealing with people who work today so they can eat today. And when you lock them down for weeks and months, they're going to starve. And so you see a lot of looting and rioting and things, again, from the Western mind. We look at that and go, I can't believe they're doing that. And, and what you don't see is Many of them have have gone hungry. One last summer, one particular food bank in Johannesburg was was giving out food and the line to to get food from that food bank stretched four miles long. And so after after a while of just listening to leaders change their minds and and open and shut and, and lock down and. And and they're eating just fine, but the people they're locking down can't. So you send a lot of civil unrest with the pandemic right now. And it's it's unfortunate, but it is it is where they're at right now. Um, as far as the southern region of Africa in general. But right before we left South Africa to come back to the States, God had laid it on our hearts to to put some things in place for what we thought was just to facilitate a different way of doing the conferences. But as it turned out, it was to facilitate our absence. And so we've been able to put some things in place before we left to, to help facilitate a quarterly conference with all of the pastors. Right now, we're averaging about 300 pastors in attendance at each of those uh, conferences. And then Pastor Regan and I do one day each every month with a smaller subset of, of our key leaders. And that's that's proving to be very effective. And so there's still a lot of things going on. The pastors are still growing. They're still maturing. And we're excited about that and, and what they're doing. They're hungry for, for more doctrine, more truth. It's, it's exciting each time we have one of those conferences to see the questions that they're now asking indicate hey they're they're understanding this and and they're they're applying it and so we're we're excited about what's going on we are anxious to get back it looks like we've got a couple of weeks here to wait on a verdict for our visa and then once that happens we'll take another look at the 
the civil unrest scene and the pandemic situation and make a determination at that time if it makes sense to go back. But still having revival, still having some good things happen over there. The last conference, we had five new pastors in Zambia get baptized in Jesus' name. Wow, so that's tremendous. It, it's still moving forward. We want to be there and and be a part of, of, of what's going on there. So it sounds like the Lord really did utilize your, your IT chops, for lack of a better term, to configure those conferences. That's incredible. God certainly knows what he's doing. Well, it goes back to what I'd mentioned earlier about praying. God put me in places jobs that i could pick up skills that'd be useful who who knew that you know working in a christian school for a couple of years would would have application later and who knew you know working in an it field would would be able to help facilitate not to overstate it but a global missions conference across i don't know six or eight countries yeah it's incredible. And it's having an impact because, as you mentioned just a moment ago, 300 men consistently appearing in those conferences. The fact that their questions are improving, that's those are all indicators of of success. And so we'll continue yeah. to pray for you, Russ Stewart. That God will give you grace and wisdom and your family. What is the best way to support you and your family as you guys start looking towards getting back into Africa? Really, the the best way to support is to get under a burden for for the work in Africa. It makes a difference uh, both to us and I think to the people back here when it's not just a concern for missions, but it's a burden for missions. And so getting under that burden with us and and being sensitive when God says, pray for the stewards, you never know what they need in that moment. So I hope with the burden, there is a tremendous, tremendous benefit the mission field around the world right now needs a lot of prayer. There are a lot of missionaries back here in the States that want to be in their place of labor, but can't. From a financial perspective, you can visit our website, BibleTruthMinistries.net, and there's a number of ways to, to give there, either sending checks direct to the church in Tulsa through the IM Foundation, or there's even a credit card portal there on the website. So. Those are those are all the, the ways that you could help out if God lays it on your heart. Well, thank you so much again for your time. Also, I want to say thank you for allowing me to uh, interview some of the men from those conferences that has participated in those conferences in the past. So that that's upcoming on the Face of Truth podcast. We'll be talking to some of the men that are involved with Brother Stewart in Africa. And so thank you for that, Brother uh, Thank you, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Stewart, yeah. <laughs> for allowing me to uh, to, to do those interviews well i know you'll enjoy it i know your listeners will enjoy it they're they're great men they're good-hearted men these are I, these are educated men these are these are not uh, foolish men i think one of the names on your list one of the men has a phd in theology so they're sharp they're bright they're apostolic Amen. thanks for God having me Mr. thanks for having me today i appreciate it greet the uh Read the Riggins there for us, and we'll look forward to seeing you all soon. Do so. God bless you. If you would like to support the stewards financially, it is best that you give through your local church. The best way to do that is to provide his website, BibleTruthMinistries.net, to your pastor. There, he'll find the best options to give to the stewards' work and find the latest information regarding their effort.
Next week, we get a chance to talk to one of the men that is a direct result of the labor of Bishop Gregory Riggin and missionary Jesse Stewart, and is also the beneficiary of the support from the precious saints of God at the Truth Church. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.